Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome along to Long Beach and the streets of California's answer, I suppose, or version of Monaco. We have the yachts behind us in the marina, the sea, the ocean. Uh, just a little bit further out, perfect weather conditions and the third round of the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship for 2019 about to get underway. IMSA Radio and IMSA TV together in sound and vision across the, wor- uh, across the world as Travis Krauss, the Chief Operating Officer of Bubba Burger, gives the most famous words in motorsport and we are ready to get the cars rolling. Shea Adam is down in the pit lane and we'll watch the cars peel off. Shea, a couple of big stories this week already, starting in DPI. It's been a long, long, long night for a local <laughs> team in some respects because Master Speed are just up the road and the 55 car is not the car that started practicing qualifying yesterday. This is not the car that you were looking for. Indeed. No, it's, it's going to be a new experience. Had to do that for the new Star Wars teaser that came out uh, yesterday or two days ago. Uh, it is a different car, a new tub for Harry Tinknell and Jonathan Bomarito after a crash in qualifying resulted in suspension being in a place that it really shouldn't be. So the number 55 Mazda is not the one that they've been practicing with all weekend. Harry Tinknell is going to be starting from the, uh, Jonathan Bomarito, excuse me, will be starting from the back. He will figure out very quickly, though, what kind of a race car he has underneath them. He brought Krispy Kreme donuts to the team to apologize for the crash and for the fact that they were working all night long. But one thing's for sure, if that Mazda can get to the front, Jonathan is going to drag it there. Uh, and as far as GT Le Mans concerned, uh, Porsche, I would say lock out the front row, but actually there's a Porsche on pole and the Porsche on second position. They're actually staggered because of the way we'll start this. But one of our series regulars not here this weekend in terms of driving talent. One of our series staples, it goes so far to say Joey Hand. He has done every single IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship race since the merger back in 2014. He will not be sharing the number 66 Ford GT with his German brother from another mother, Dirk Mueller. Dirk will instead be sharing with their third driver, Sebastian Bourdais. So if you're going to get a super sub, he is a fairly decent one to have just hanging around in Chip Ganassi's closet. It is going to be the two of them, though, with Sebastian starting the race. Dirk prepared to drive most of this race. He is not here, though, Joey. We miss you. We hope that you feel better soon and that you're ready to come back fighting at Mid-Ohio. He's not here. There is a driver here who is driving less than 100%. That is Jordan Taylor, emergency appendectomy while he was on vacation at a family reunion in Hawaii. Just a couple of days ago, he was laying up in a hospital bed. Today, he is behind the wheel of the number 10, Konica Minolta Cadillac DPI. They are not planning to change their strategy. I'm looking at their pit box right now. Ranger Van de Zanda, the co-driver and co-points leader with Jordan Taylor, alongside the drivers of the number 31, Whalen Engineering Cadillac. His helmet is sitting on the pit box. He is still sitting up on top of it. It. Very calm, cool. The fire suit pulled down. They are not going to bring Jordan in early unless they absolutely have to. But Jordan's saying to me earlier, I can take a little bit of pain for a championship. <laughs> uh, brave lads. Our Porsche keys to the race in this 
one hour and 40 minute, 100 minute race. Execute. If you're at the front particularly, take the opportunities that qualifying has given you. It's a short race, but strategy will play a part and it has to be a flexible strategy here in case there are any full course cautions. Driving time, not a factor here. Just the two pro classes, five minutes will qualify the drivers for points in the championship and you can't pit anywhere in the first 15 minutes of the race. The walls are always a feature here. Some of the corners have been opened up just a little bit and drivers in practice and qualifying taking one or two little liberties. The new Michelin tyres for both categories here brand new and for the first time here at Long Beach for the DPIs will they need to change them or can they go the full 100 minutes whilst the GTLM cars have been on Michelin tyres before not the construction and compounds that they are using this weekend as in 2019 IMSA's 50th anniversary season they have transitioned to the same tyres that are used in the World Endurance Championship and that means this is a voyage of discovery for all the tyre engineers from Michelin who are co-opted onto the teams up and down the pit lane. Their experience could be key here. Changing the tyres or not changing the tyres in the pit stop might have an effect, particularly if we have a second half of the race caution when everybody dies, dives in to the pit lane. I would normally at this point say settle back and get ready to enjoy it, but with only one hour and 40 minutes on the clock, lean forward... Get yourself loose in the shoulders. Take a deep breath now because this may be the very last time you get to do that. Jeremy Shaw and Pat Long, alongside me, John Hindhoff, in the IMSA Broadcast Centre. Shea Adam down in pit lane. One final thing to remind you. Pit stops under yellow will be split with the prototypes coming in first and then the GT Le Mans cars. So we'll have an 11-8 split if that should happen. The Panamera... The Panamera Sport Turismo wagon, the SE Hybrid Turbo, over 700 horsepower at the disposal of the right foot of our safety car driver. He's pulled off. The green flag's in the air and the Bubba Burger Sports Park Grand Prix at Long Beach is underway and the Pullman immediately under pressure as they go three wide across the line under our feet but a great start from the pool sitter as he pulls out two, three cars legs down the inside for the very dark coloured Cadillac. Oh, there's a touch uh, that's the uh, the master, excuse me, looking black in the bright sunshine. But the master squeezing through was Tristan Nunes, who got a great start. Everybody through the fountain at turns two and three. JDC Miller Motorsport squeezing up the inside of the Mustang sampling number five Cadillac and making up a, pos a position. Now we can take a look at the leader as he comes down to turn number six and lots of understeer as there's no temperature or pressure in the Michelin front tyres but Elio Castro Neves Jeremy Shaw has done the first part of his job he's got a clean start but he hasn't got a jump from Felipe Nasser in the red and white car as we've got a yellow at turn six but for the more oh and around has gone the 54 John Bennett will have started that car did he yes he did and that is in the walls at turn six it's a classic incident you just run out of road on the exit, Pat Long. That's easy to do any time in the race, particularly when you've got no temperature or pressure in the front Michelins. Oh, that they had an issue with that in qualifying. Bomarito clipped that inside wall, and it looks like John might have even done that. Or maybe one of the GT cars tried to make a position uh, up on him with cold tires and left him no room at the exit. But we'll see if he can back out of the tires. It looks like he was about to move when we cut away from the screen. Jeremy Shaw, great start from... Elio Castro Neves 
looks like we're dealing with that for the moment at least under local yellows as they've already on start uh, they've already gone through the start finish line let's see if the flags are out yes they are waving yellow flags to drivers right stationary yellow flags as well so no passing into that area it's not really a passing zone john's managed to get him out scout self and he's starting to reverse right into the oncoming traffic needs to get first gear and a load of left hand lock He's done a good job to extricate himself there. Meanwhile, further down the field, coming together, the 55 oh. and the 5, as they went three wide good. around the outside and inside of Juan Montoya. He was the meat and the sandwich there. He's the GD Lamont cars. Full course caution is out. And Nunes having, excuse me, and... Bomarito. Bomarito. He, he'd made, he'd a, made brilliant a great start. I've been a brilliant start. He made... He made up five positions on that first lap. Was he getting greedy there? I don't know. We'll uh, have to wait and have a look at another look at the replay. He's lost a couple of the dive planes on that car. It looked to me as though Juan Montoya was just struggling a little bit there, Pat, yeah. and actually was a cork in the bottle. Yeah, I, th I think that that's a little bit of a reaction of the previous corner with Bennett on racing line. It gave the opportunity for Bomarito to get a little bit of a jump and throw it up the inside. It's really tight, and it's a decreasing radius as you get to the apex in turn eight, and you've seen a lot of contact there over the years. That's a tough one. New nose already on the wall for the... 54, 55 might need one as well. I think John got the car out, but then yeah, may have damage. stalled it. But there's too much damage, I think, on the right front of that car, Jeremy. Yeah, there's uh, clearly a lot of damage there. Now, the start, an early jump from uh, from Castro and there. That's fine. A good clean start from the Proto. Look right. at the Mazda, uh, number 55 at the back of the field. Boy, he made a, a stunning start around the outside of a couple of cars on the run down to turn one. Well, and they were side by side, the Mazda in the second of the Acuras going into turn one, and that was Nunes uh, in the 77, and that really started that Acura just falling back down through the field part. Yeah, that was a chain reaction. I mean, Nunez and Montoya weren't giving each other much room. Uh, Juan will be getting Nunez back at a certain point this year for that. He sort of used him up on the exit of turn one. The interesting thing for me was that Nazar jumped straight left before the start-finish line. Bo usually wants all the drivers to stay in their lane until they go across start-finish. So I wonder if that will be a review, Jeremy. Yeah, that's a good point. There's certainly various things to look at there, I think, at the start. But uh, what an opportunity move it was by number 55. Here's down the inside, three abreast. And, uh, yeah, that was a mistake by Jonathan Bomarito. He just got greedy there. He was down the inside of Montoya, uh, carrying a bit too much speed into the corner. He just tags the back of the uh, Konica Minolta Cadillac as well. Oh, boy. What has this Mazda team got to do? I mean, they have fabulous cars here. And Jonathan, what a brilliant start. Does he need to be pushing the envelope that hard? this soon in a race, Patrick? I mean, the mindset is track position. You're coming from behind. You have to be aggressive because if yep. you don't make up those positions early on, you're stuck in a chain reaction. In that case, it's very tough when you're aggressive. Jonathan's underneath Montoya. He's got to break late, but then there's a car in front of them who's sort of an innocent bystander and gets clipped, and that's the Minolta car. That's a tough yep. one. It's tough afterwards, but yeah, it looked a little conservative, uh, and, and therefore Bomarito just caught the back of him because yep. he wasn't carrying as much speed. So under a full course yellow, there'll be no pass around. The pits will not open because we're in the first 15 minutes since we went green. The very pretty metallic blue Porsche Sport Turismo, Panamera Sport Turismo, which is the station wagon version of Porsche's four-door V8 engine and hybrid power for 700 brake horsepower. And uh, that car... Specked up with, uh, as they all are in that uh, turbo 
Hybrid SE with the carbon brake set up on that. I noticed that the other day when I was having a, a look around that car. Very nice pace indeed and a perfect car to do fast laps and do the safety car duties here. Jeremy. Yeah, then, so the bad news for Mazda is uh, Jonathan Bombrito has got to do it all again. Uh, that's also the good news because he is still in the race. He is still on the lead lap, but now he's not only behind all the, all the DPI cars, he's behind the GTLM cars at the moment. But before the restart, this is a short yellow. Is there a, a class reset, Patrick? Will it be... Will he be able to go past the GT lens before the start restart? I'm not sure I'm if they'll do sure, that class honest. split because no, no, of a I short yellow. I don't think yellow. they do because it's a short yellow. So as, as I was no. saying, he's got, yeah, there is no pass around. Or, or it comes up on our screen. So he has now, as I was suggesting, he's got to pass not only all the DPI cars again, but also the GTLMs as well. And that's not easy to do. It's not easy to do. And then another question will be, will that long pit lane and a drive-through penalty be one that he has to serve for the contact and all of that's come yeah, down? That's true. That is true. Uh, and uh, and if, you, if you're more than kind of five seconds, I believe, behind the leader, even just making a drive-through, you are likely to lose a lap. Uh, and he is going to be more than five seconds. So if there is a drive-through penalty, that's going to be a double whammy for number 55 car. But what a shame. Look, the, I, d I think Jonathan was put, oh, pushing too hard there. I mean, he knows what this team is going through. He knows it's a fast car. He doesn't have to win every race, but you've got to finish the race to win it. Uh, and to be pushing that hard, he made a brilliant start. Surely that's that you say, OK, great. I've done what I needed to do at the start. Let's settle down uh, and, uh, and get a good result for the team. But clearly the car is fast. It's, he's able, going to be able to make some passes on a track that is difficult to overtake. So I get your point that you have to be aggressive early on, but I think he just pushed the envelope a little bit too hard. Still under yellow here. And Pat, you and I have talked to as many people as we dared and our portion keys to the, the race was a flexible strategy. There'll be a lot of fuel saving going on, even in behind the safety car at the moment, because around about 10 to 13 minutes of yellow starts to change things on the fuel calculations. Yeah, absolutely. And as this goes back to green, you could see some of the cars that are further back towards their class just roll the dice and dive straight into the pits as soon as they can get into the pits based on that 15-minute window. Yeah, uh, Bomarillo yeah. just uh, pinching the corner coming but through and losing the back end on cold tyres. Tried to get the pass down the inside of Montoya, which he made. Uh, and then it was just a question of staying out of the Koninka Minolta car and just had to hold the right-hand lock on maybe a little bit too long and I don't think that was on throttle, actually. I think that was just the back end coming around uh, under the uh, under its momentum. And John Bennett looked like he clipped the inside wall, Pat. Yep, same thing as so Bomarito had in qualifying. <laughs> exactly. it, it's a little bit, the, the wall just pokes out a little bit. It's actually an escape for a marshal. And yeah. it's very, very difficult visually to see in these cars. You're sitting low. The sides of the fenders are very high. It's just a micro inch that will get you into the wall there. Uh, and this, this full court caution is going to give the teams potential here to make the race on one pit stop. There's still going to be some, quite a bit of fuel save involved to make it on one pit stop. And it's going to be interesting to see now whether somebody towards the back of the field in each of the classes takes a chance to come in, do a, do, make an extra pit stop effectively, uh, and then get on the case and run full bore to the end of the race. So this is going to open up a lot more strategic options even than there were at the start of the race. Shea Adam has an update on 
on the 54 car, the core that's in the wall. There is uh, another unique feature of this track that you can't actually go back to the garage area to do any repairs to the car. All right, it's a 100-minute race, but still, if you have something big that you need to work on and you want to get back out to try and get points or try and salvage something, you have to do it in a designated pit box, which is further down than everybody else's, so it is more towards pit in. That is where John Bennett will be taking the 54 core autosports car. They're worried about a bit of suspension being tweaked and they want to check everything over. They feel that they need to do more work than they could comfortably in their pit box with only the allocated men over the wall. So they're going to go down to that specialized box to do all the work. The bad news, it's a long way down and they've got a lot of tools to take. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there might be too much on, yeah. on that car. If there's any kind of suspension issue, they're dropping laps, of course, uh, with it uh, tied for fourth in the championship at the moment, yeah. trying to do something to get uh, the car back out on track, of course. Uh, I, I, applaud, I applaud their thinking. Um, not sure what they'll be able to achieve, but I'm not going to knock them for having a try, gentlemen. Certainly give you that. That's the spirit of endurance uh, right there. Quiet, relatively speaking, on the streets of Long Beach for round three of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championships. The... Long Beach clock has clicked down to under 90 minutes. And, well, this now yes, is so. the better part of 15 minutes, Jeremy. Yeah. And we're starting now to affect that strategy that we talked about, the Porsche Keys, uh, to the race. Looking at somewhere between uh, 54 and 59 minutes for the GT Le Mans cars, so... They didn't need the, the, that the, much. The, no, they're definitely one stop now for yeah. sure. Prototypes, I think they, they're, they're going to be pretty close. Third, uh, 39, uh, to, to 37, 40, depending on who you talk to and, and yep. what they're prepared yep. to tell you. So there is going to be a little minutes, bit of fuel is. save even for the prototype cars. And that's why I said uh, just a few moments ago, I think now, is there somebody at the back, particularly number 55 car, uh, would they come in... Uh, commit themselves to two stops right away and then get on the case and, uh, and run as fast as he can. But the tricky bit is, being as at the back of the field, he's going to have to go around one lap out, at the restart before he makes that pit stop. Uh, so he's going to be quite a long way behind uh, and he's, he's going to be, he's got to make sure he, when he comes back out of the pits, if he makes an early stop, that he doesn't go one lap down. If he's one lap down, it's game over in terms of uh, any chance to win the race. Almost guaranteed. Jeremy Shaw. Nothing's for guaranteed in this business, of course, but it's going to make things uh, very, very tricky. All things being equal, as they say, Ah, which seldom they are. We're just down the road from Long Beach, uh, from uh, Los Angeles, should I say. Traffic round here tends to make short distances quite a long journey. Rich history here at Long Beach in the 11 11 corner circuit here. Measures 1.968 miles with the curving shoreline drive effectively being our start-finish line. Then down in the heavy braking area at turn one. It's almost deceptive, that. You always think you can take a little bit more speed through, and then that outside wall. I think it slightly tightens, actually, that corner. Turn nine has been a big action area at the end of the back straight. There's a big bump where there's a pedestrian crossing area on the street. Remember, this is a normal city street, and if you get your braking just wrong and you start the car bouncing you're not going to get it stopped and you're in to the uh, into the runoff area turn 11 is the hairpin right hander full lock round there a lot of teams having to free up extra lock on the racks maybe change the steering arms as well to get a bit more lock into the cars to get them around and that's where they are closest to their paddock area on driver's left 
is where the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship runners are pitted. The lights are out on the Porsche Panamera Sport Turismo Turbo SE Hybrid. They'll be sitting in air-conditioned luxury up on the uh, pit perch. Some interested Penske spectators, Jeremy Shaw. Yeah, great to see Joseph Newgard now on the, the left of our screen as we see the Penske pit perch there alongside Ricky Taylor. Uh, you know, Joseph's a racer. He, he'd love to be driving one of these cars in the long-distance races in years to come, and I certainly uh, would be surprised if that wasn't the case, maybe even next year, to see Joseph sharing one of these gorgeous Acura ARX 05 DPI machines. So this is going to be the restart coming up. Now we've got set. we'll have seven laps in the books, and we'll have an hour and 26 minutes remaining in this race. And the Cadillac is going to get a good jump here off the corner, number 31 car. Uh, I think the, the Acura's got the uh, got the the straight line speed advantage, and I think that the uh, yeah, it's going to be enough to hold off the Cadillac into turn one. So we're back to green flag racing and another good restart by the Penske Acura. And it's just under an hour and 26 minutes to go. The traffic jam through the fountain area with Elio Castro Neves leading for the number seven Acura. Then Felipe Naza in the red and white Cadillac in second. Master in third, Tristan Nunes, who got a smashing start first time around. Hasn't tried anything too brave at the second restart then it's Jordan Taylor fresh from that surgery earlier this week remember an emergency appendectomy got to think that's uncomfortable with the lap belts and the straps around there at the moment Jeremy yeah. Shaw is cringing next to me I am uh, getting into the car is, is a tricky bit for Gordon Jordan getting out he says is not too bad but getting in is difficult and that is the main reason he started this race this is the first time actually Jordan has qualified here at Long Beach but remarkably every time he's raced here he's finished up the race on the on the podium the Mazda has just got passed into second place coming off the hairpin got past uh, oh yeah okay fine they both got past the race leader so Castro Neves all of a sudden back to third place little mistake by Castro Neves and immediately the Mazda number 77 on uh, pretty much home ground here with Mazda speed up the road and plenty of Mazda Cobra guests here Nunes very very quick indeed on these restarts the dark red dark soul crystal red metallic looking almost black in the bright sunshine at times and now Jordan Taylor having a look at the back of Elio Castro Neves who made a little mistake towards the end of that previous lap and it's dropped him from first down to third yep uh, drive through penalty for a pass under yellow so it was coming out of the hairpin oh, oh. just bogged I, I bet he's hit the pit lane speed limit of that when he's crossed his hands up I bet he's just yep. brushed the pit lane speed limit of button there so easy to do but a penalty for Jordan Taylor uh, in the Number 10, pass under yellow. That will be a drive through the pit lane, and that is going to really affect his position. Pat Long, leader coming through that to help in the final time. I'm guessing, but you cross your hands so much there, it's really easy to catch a button you don't want to. Yeah, it really is. You're grabbing a handful of wheel, and you're, you're sliding your inside wheel up to get even more leverage. Not many of the modern steering wheels are round, so there's not much to grab on there, and it seems like that did happen. I remember last year when I was up here calling this with you, we saw the Corvette that had something very similar right at the exit of turn 11. Yeah, 
Descartes just essentially was dead in the water in the second and third capitalized on that. Now Nunez is starting to put a little bit of pressure on Nasser, so it's going to get racy up here in the front. Really good lap there by Felipe Nasser. 1 minute 13. Uh, point five four on that lap, that lap just fractions away from the track record the race lap record that he set himself last year seems so when, to like this place well yes so when do you come in get in straight away I would say you never know what's going to happen and all you need is another yellow and you're back on the tail of what's going on normally get uh, normally get three laps grace before the wagging finger of officialdom starts to uh, get a little more annoyed and then they just stop scoring you after that yeah Wayne would be arguing this point right now he's oh, down off the side of the stand yeah. and he's trying to delay the call but uh, he's going to run out of time here in fairness if there's a question mark over it they will effectively call time out on the laps that are counting through until it's been looked at and that will be yeah Race control will have evidence of that, so they will be able to pass that along to the team. Most of these cars have onboard cameras, of course, and there are more cameras than we see in race control as well, and all the race officials have access to them. So that decision taken... Um, I'm guessing it was when they went past John Bennett's car that was at the part of the circuit where they're coming through to now, actually... Uh, and the yellow flag would have been out, and he jumped. Yeah, uh, of course, the, the Acura slowed down because of the yellow flag, and the 10 goes through on the left-hand side. Uh, that's it's, it's open and shut case, I think, there. Yeah, they're going to argue that they were past the incident, but ultimately they were side-by-side side as they drove by Bennett, and that's exactly what the officials don't want to see is hard racing in a yellow flag zone. Yeah. So, new fastest lap. This is a new lap record for Felipe Nasser, kind of 31, a race leader. He's already a, a edging away now from uh, Tristan Nunes in that second place Mazda. The other Mazda, by the way, Jonathan Bomarito, clearly that car is wounded because he is falling off the back of the field of the prototypes in that 10th position. Yeah, your two factors there is the front toe bent from the contact wheel to yeah. wheel side to side, and how much aero did you lose from the yeah. front to rear contact? So, certainly something off on Bomarito's car. And the two Porsches, they're, they're uh, relatively speaking, disappearing down the road in uh, GTLM with uh, the only guys even close to him is Oliver Gavin. Already he's more than two seconds behind. We don't normally see those sort of gaps in GTLM. And he's another four seconds ahead of Sebastian Bourdais. He's coming to 66. We've got just uh, the train of the rest of the cars behind them. Yeah, the two Porsches managed to hold on to that effective front row start. Expect to see these GT Le Mans cars just get quicker and quicker as the afternoon goes through. The track will be rubbering up with the Michelin rubber. And we've quite often seen the fastest race laps coming towards the end of the race. These guys now already, already, in fact, as soon as that first yellow came out, they would have been back timing to the end of the race. And they'll be working out where their pit window has just stretched to. Into the pit lane for the drive-through pass under yellow. John Bennett's 54, Nissan DPI in the wall, and through comes Jordan Taylor. This will be the longest run down pit road he has ever had. He's going to drop well away from the DPIs. The GT Le Mans cars will have gone through as well. 
the Mazda that's right at the back of the field, Jonathan Bomarito goes past him at race speed on the track. He'll have just seen that happen. Here come the GT Le Mans cars, as if he wasn't in enough pain with his stomach already. This is competitive pain that he's getting. Remember, he can't stop for service here. He's got to just drive through. And now he's got to stay to the right of the blend line. As he comes out, there's a big blue line and then a yellow and red line. Has to drive all the way to the end of that. Drops his left-hand Michelin's over it, but I think he's probably okay there. As he drops in and he's stayed on the lead lap, but the majority, nope, check that, the whole of the field of GT Le Mans cars has gone through because he's got Ryan Briscoe in the 67 Ford right ahead of him, but he has stayed on the lead lap by about, let's say, a quarter to a third of a lap. And that is the that is the main thing. Into the pit lane. One of the Mazdas, I think, Shea Adam. That will be Jonathan Bomarito with the injured number 55 Mazda. The interesting thing, Harry Tignell sitting up on the pit box was very casual in getting out of the chair. He's just done that, as a matter of fact, so it looks like it will be a driver change. Jonathan out and Harry in. They have a new nose prepared to go on this car, as well as four brand-new Michelin tires. They're a little bit dirty, but that's just some dust and pollen from the air. As the mechanics are up on the wall, they're going to do full service and then examine the damage. They want this car to be in prime position to go back out on the racetrack, but the one that is uh, has the least enviable job right now would be Harry Tignall because he has no idea what kind of race car he'll have underneath him. Not only is this a damaged car from the one that he's used to driving, it is a different car because remember, this Mazda was tubbed yesterday in the qualifying session. Jonathan Mamoreto gets out as the two-liter engine just idling as Harry Tignall climbs in. There's a problem with the left front tire change as the tire gun has actually been trapped the hose underneath the tire but they're not entirely concerned about that because this is going to be a longer stop anyway the driver change is complete nearly completed with the tire change now if they begin to unfasten the nose put oh. the new one on they're already down a lab we've just had the cars go by again and they have to dismantle this multimatic chassis which in itself is not the easiest thing in the world. Harry has just shut the engine off. He's going to be here for a little while longer. Shea Adam down in the pit lane. Pat Long, Jeremy Sean, John Hindoff in the booth. And as soon as you drop off the lead lap here, that's going to make it a very long day. Our Porsche keys to the race included flexible strategy, but also execute an additional pit stops, Pat Long. That's going to hurt you in the long run and in the short run here. Yeah, essentially it ruins your day at Long Beach. There's not much time to make up here. Uh, for them, there'll be data gathering and trying to put points on the board. Just changing the nose, it's interesting to see that there wasn't a massive amount of damage. The dive planes, the flicks, if you were, weren't missing. So you wonder if there's not a little bit more in the suspension or the toe. And obviously Harry's going to go out there and have to assess the car and report in. But you have to think Bomarito's feeling tough. It's been uh, a difficult weekend in qualifying. Uh, an all-nighter for his crew and now back out on the race. But that's track position on a street course. And they're not even close enough to go all the way to the end from here as well. So they will still need another stop and a bit of help from some kind of full course yellow and maybe trying to get a lap back to the Bubba Burger, Bubba Burger Sports Car Grand Prix at Long Beach Round 3 of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Beautiful weather. And we're into, if you'll pardon the expression given our sponsors, the meat of the race now with the early fencing and sparring uh, now behind us and the 31 of Philippe Nasser has pulled out a decent lead here meat of the race love it Did you like was, that? was that grass fed organic meat <laughs> grass fed organic meat of the race yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely 
NASA has been super impressive, Jeremy Shaw, oh. since he came into sports car racing. If we accept that he was one of the better drivers in the world and probably could have done even better than he did in Formula One with a bit more luck, certainly Formula One's loss is sports car racing's gain. Yeah, no question about it. He's an absolute megastar yesterday. I mean, he was a half a second quicker than all the other Cadillacs was Felipe Nazareth. It's the same in the race now. He's absolutely flying out there. Last lap, actually, was, was pretty slow. I don't know if he made a mistake because there shouldn't have been any traffic. But all of a sudden, he lost uh, about a second and a half on the last lap. But he's back on the case now. Uh, a 12, 1 minute 12.79 on this lap, which is eight thousandths away from his fastest lap of the new lap record he set three laps ago. So he's just decimating the field now the gap uh, over the poles uh, over Tristan Nunez out to almost three and a half seconds in second base and Gelia Castronovas he's still struggling in third he was a bit quicker on that last lap but he's losing ground to the two leaders in GT Le Mans still the two Porsches Nick Tandy the pole man from his teammate Lawrence Van Ter 9-1-1 from 9-1-2 then the Corvette of Oli Gavin in yeah. third position that's a good run from Oli OG early on has uh, just pulled out a bit of a lead from the rest of the field. Well, what's interesting about that is that the gap from the two Porsches to the Corvette was uh, two and a half seconds about five laps ago. It's not now. It's about a second and a half. So for the last four laps, uh, Gavin has been closing by about two tenths of a second a lap. Was he being cautious in the early part of this race trying to look after his tyres a little bit not yeah. push too hard too soon Patrick yeah they could be that and also tyre pressures if you start higher obviously you're going to be better on the short run and right after a restart when you had a little bit of pickup you could push harder seems like it's you could throw a blanket over those three they've got Jordan Taylor who's now coming up through the field that's going to be sort of a, a accordion effect but looks like Oliver's getting into his rhythm and uh, certainly the 912 is keeping the 911 honest it's going to be a good battle here with these top three so those are the top three. And then there's a bit of a gap back to Sebastian Baudet in fourth position in the 66 Ford. Let's give you some of those gaps on the Cadillac in-race rundown. It is a Cadillac that leads by 4.2 seconds. Philippe Nazet in the 31 red-white wheeler machine from the dark red Mazda, number 77. This has been a good run from Tristan Nunes. Then he's got a couple of seconds over the best of the Acuras. Castro Neves was leading the race from Paul, but stuttered out of turn 11, the final hairpin corner here. A couple of lap, three laps ago, but more than that now, actually. He's got his teammate Juan Montoya, another four seconds further back. And the top four still only with 10 seconds between them. In GT Le Mans, the Porsches are split by a Cadillac at the moment. Nick Tandy and Lawrence Vantu have about a second between them. And then about the same 1.2 seconds back there. Oli Gavin in the first of the Corvettes, that's the number four bright yellow car. Ford GTs, another seven seconds or so behind in fourth position. That's your Cadillac in race update live from Long Beach, as real racists never take time off. So Ford versus Corvette further down is the 66 of Seb Baudet with Tonio Garcia just beginning to hove into view behind him now. Can't really miss the bright yellow Corvette and Seb will be seeing that just a little bit bigger and brighter in the mirrors the thing that you've got to be very careful of here Patrick is, is not to let that take your concentration you can see that car getting bigger but in some ways you've got to ignore it you do, uh, the Corvettes are bright in your mirrors and once they're within about a car length behind you you can actually hear them, you can feel them so uh, intimidating 
but just super impressive from Bourdais. He's right in the thick of some of the best GT drivers in the world. He's running double duty in the Indy car. We just watched him in qualifying. Jumps out, jumps into this car, not familiar. Uh, he shows why he's really one of the rated one of the best drivers in the world. We saw him in qualifying yesterday, struggling with brake zones, really looking sort of fish out of water. Pulls his head together, goes out, out qualifies the sister car, and now he's right in the thick of this battle. I I love watching this. It's very impressive. I mean, if you're looking at a replay of the incident early in the race from number 55 car, just got in a little bit too deep, uh, and uh, he's paid the price for that. He's already two laps now off the ultimate pace. And uh, there's a replay also of the pass under yellow where number six car of uh, Juan Pablo Motoy, he slowed right down there. I don't know whether he had a problem because no, he had well, a problem he was, he was, off the yellow flag. flag. Indeed, indeed. I, I want to know if he's, if he's given the position back. So he's got to get to the next green flag. He knows he's made wrong. Is he letting the other cars sort of back by and then accordioning everybody up? I know, it's certainly uh, kind, of, kind of weird there, certainly. But... Uh, the, uh, what I was going to say was the uh, two BMWs, by the way, exchanged positions a couple of ago. Number 24 now ahead of the 25 there. Uh, not far behind both Bourdais, who's really done a fabulous job. Uh, he's done the two sprint races, uh, the two endurance races with Ford Chip Ganassi Racing uh, this year at Daytona and Sebring. But this is the first time that Sebastian had ever driven the car in sprint specification, which is quite a bit different, Patrick. Yeah, it's a whole different discipline. You're likely running different brake pads. Uh, tires are different. You're on a street circuit, so the grip is low. And then you factor in that you're jumping out of a single-seater center cockpit car uh, in an Indy car, way more horsepower, way more downforce, and into a GT car. So all of your reference points, all your braking zones, everything changes, uh, the stiffness of the car. I mean, he'd be better off showing up to this racetrack, never been around it, than to be hardwired in IndyCar, jump into the GT car, and have to go back and forth all weekend. Certainly, he's able to now compartmentalize the two, that he's got a bit of laps under his belt. But, yeah, this is great to watch. Uh, 85 pit board is down that means that expect that car to come in shortly it just came in right okay Shea Adam is down there as it comes up to a halt in front of Misha Goikberg in and it, uh, out of the cart and Tristan Vaudier will be getting in I meant that he was into his pit box uh, pulled in kind of close to the wall though so the mechanics when they change the right side Michelin's are going to have a little bit of uh, bending and twisting to try and get the old wheels off and the new ones on peacefully this is a car that had pretty serious damage yesterday in practice one that resulted in them missing the entirety of the session and the right front mechanic has just seen something that he really didn't like in the suspension they're going to be taking the nose off and looking closer at this car it might have had a brush with the wall that we didn't actually get to see as they're going to look at the suspension before they send Bodier out on the track. So that's another one that will be going down quite a few laps. Acura number seven has uh, had its tow hook pop up, sitting proud at the front of the car, rather like a, a gun sight on a World War I biplane. And at the moment... The target that has been acquired by that number seven, Elio Castro Nevis, is the 25 BMW M8 GTE of Tom Blomqvist. He goes by, doesn't need to strafe him as he does it. No, he doesn't, but what, he, he, he's made up quite a bit of ground over on that Mazda the last few laps. The gap was over three and a half seconds. It came down to just a couple of car lengths. It's, it's grown a little bit now because the Mazda of Nunez was able to get through some of this GTLM traffic a little bit better than the Juan Pablo Montoya. But Montoya certainly, I think he looked, he did look after his tyres in the early stages of his race. I was talking to uh, Dane Cameron about an hour before the start, and he said that tyre wear is a factor here, uh, and I'm sure that Juan Pablo Montoya, he, you know, he's, 
he's very smart. He's really race savvy. He knew he couldn't take too much out of these Michelin tyres in the early stages of the race. And I think now that is playing in his favour. He set his best lap about two laps ago in pursuit of Nunez. I think he's lost a bit of ground now, but I think he's going to make that up again over the next uh, four or five laps before the first round of pit stop for the uh, DPIs. In comes the, in comes the 66 Ford. This is interesting. This is uh, Seabass coming in with an hour and seven minutes to go. I'm not sure they can go from here on oh. one tank of fuel. Shit, Adam. It will be Sebastian Bourdais staying in the pit lane and Dirk Mueller taking up his seat as he climbs aboard the number 66 Ford Chip Ganassi GT. They have already changed the left front and right rear. Now they complete the other two tire stops. Everything works good. Driver change still going on. The fuel nozzle has actually come out and now the door goes down and almost shut. They managed to get it closed with the second effort, but that is Dirk Mueller out out of the pit lane, it's going to be tight. They're hoping for a bit of yellow. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, they, they for sure can get, they, they reckon they can get to the end of the year. There will be fuel cell save involved for sure, but if there is a, a full course caution, then it could play into their favour. I think Because they've made what will be their final pit stop and everybody else has still got to make their pit stop. So, but, Four or five laps short, I reckon they are at the moment. No, That's no, no. an hour and six they minutes. They know they can get to the end, John. There's no question about that. Yes. Yeah, they, they, I mean, these guys are the masters of fuel save, ah, are they in, not? In fairness, uh, Ford, yes. The, yes. The, the Ford team will know. They know exactly when they can make their final pit stop and get to the end. Uh, and he'll be on big fuel save now. But if there's a full course caution, it'll play into their favour. Does that make anybody else jump then? That's, you know, part of our Porsche keys to the race was flexible strategy and when someone does that part if might not affect the leaders but those around them they'll be looking at that won't they yeah absolutely uh, oh, here, here's and here, this could in. be the full course yellow as the 55 of the Mazda of and uh, now uh, Harry Tinknell which uh, had its problems earlier on has ground to a halt this and is big. everybody is on the wall that is going to be a full course yellow. It'll be DPI's in first. First, the pits are closed. Oh, he's got it going again. Hang on a minute. Hang on. He's got it going. Le leaves two big black lines of Michelin rubber on the run through the turn four. And Shea Adam. Is the Panamera Sport Turismo already on the track? It is. There are now 19 cars on the racetrack again because the 54, the core auto sport car that came into the pit lane, will not be leaving it again. That is officially a retirement. But yes, we are full course caution. That Thank is what the 66 wanted to see. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And they will think, cycle through. They, uh, I'm pretty sure they did stay on the lead lap, I think. Well, they stayed on the lead lap in class, Jeremy, for sure. Indeed. Uh, and don't forget the DPIs point. will come in first. So the DPIs will come in first. It is split pits here. So Shea Adam is going to get ready to welcome in the all bar one of the field of DPIs with John Bennett and the 54 not. Did you say the 54 hadn't got back out again this year? 54 is officially retirement. The 85 JDC Miller Motorsport Cadillac is still sitting on the pit lane. Work continues on the right front of that car. So that one is actually going to hinder its sister car, the number 84. Stephen Simpson and Simon Tremor sharing that car because now they're exiting the pit lane is going to be blocked by their own yellow Cadillac. Ah, thank you very much, Shit. So, stand by for action. Shea's about to take a big, deep breath. Uh, pass around will start first. Mm. So, that's 
Jenny, you always explain this the best. Yeah, uh, what, what is that for those of you not familiar with how the IMSA Wednesday Sports Car Championship is run? With it being two different uh, classes in this race, the secondary class, in this case the GTLMs, uh, uh, what has happened now is that the, the top two, the two Porsches, number 911 and 912, they had not been lapped by the overall race leader. All the other cars in the class had been lapped. So if they didn't reset the field, those two Porsches, through pure luck, would have a lap, almost a lap lead on everybody else. So what, the, what happens in this championship is the cars that are trapped in between the safety car and the class leader in the same, in the same class, in this case the two Porsches, uh, they, 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 uh, all the other cars can cycle around and get to, well, the Porsches have been waved past, so uh, they will be, what am I talking about? <laughs> The, the, the cars that were not lapped by the overall leaders go past the safety car and rejoin at the back of the field behind those two Porsches. So nobody has been disadvantaged by the timing of this full course caution. And all the GTLM cars will be back on the lead lap. Shea, Adam, you're about to get very busy indeed. All right, let's start with the number 77 Mazda. Tristan Nunez out, Oliver Jarvis in, four new Michelin tires for that car. It is a driver change also for the number six Penske. Juan Pablo Montoya is out, and that will be Dane Cameron taking over. Fuel and tires also for the number seven, the pole-sitting car. Ricky Taylor getting aboard that, and it is Elio out. For the Mustang sampling Cadillac and the Whalen Engineering Cadillac, driver changes on both. Rob Robosa out, Philippe Albuquerque in, and it is Pipo time. Pipo Durrani taking over the 31 Cadillac. That is the first car down and off of its air jacks as the 77 and the 7 are side by side exiting the pits. The first car back out is the number 31 Whalen Engineering Cadillac. Then the 77 Mazda maintaining second place. Third is that number 7 Penske Acura. Fourth is the 6 Penske Acura. Fifth is the number 10, the Conicum Nolte Cadillac. Then sixth is the 85 JDC, 84 JDC Miller Motorsport Cadillac. And the last car off the pit lane was the first car off the pit lane last year that resulted in them winning a race. That would be the number five Mustang sampling and to pat long bit of a problem for the 31 car they didn't get the wheel not on on the right front and they've sent the car without it and the mechanic who was there is apoplectic it's going to lose the wheel has loosened the wheel just as he goes past the safety car this is the championship leader will have to come back into the pits there was no chance he was going to get all the way around people to ronnie the wheel is on the outside of turn five the car is heading down towards turn number six execute 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 you cannot blame the wheel man he was waving his hand he went back for the second gun pat long and the car controller sent the car bad communication there that could have massive championship implications yeah, that's tricky, and now you have sort of a disabled car. This is a gray area when the 30 car, 31 car loses a wheel, and now he's traveling slow under yellow. The cars behind him aren't sure if they can pass him. He is technically disabled, so they should be able to go around him. You but get on the radio on. straight away, exactly. don't you? Exactly. You're just asking your crew chief and your strategist, what do I do here? Yeah. You absolutely, on as a driver, you're on the radio to your crew chief saying, let's speak to the guys. Now in come the uh, uh, GT Le Mans cars, and it'll have to be a second pit stop, of course, for that 31 car, and he's going to lose so much ground. Shea Adam, the GT Le Mans leaders, both Porsches, both Corvettes, 
both BMWs coming into the pit lane right now. This is going to be busy, even though it's only seven cars, because uh, we're only going to have one of the four GTs. But yes, the first car to hit its box is the number four Corvette. Tommy Milner getting in. Fuel and tires as Oliver Gavin evacuates that car. Car number three is also in. That is the other Corvette. Antonio Garcia, fuel and tires, same thing. Larry is out of the number 912, Bam Bam's turn. And Tandy is out of the 911 Porsche as Patrick Pile takes over. Both BMWs are in. Oh, and it's a terrible pit stop angle for Tom Blomqvist as he comes in and points straight at the pit wall. First car back out is the number 912, but the 911 might beat him. Three got out ahead of the four, and the 24 has massive drama as it tries to pull back out onto the fast lane. It stalls, and it has caused a huge traffic backup. The number 31 has come in for that new left front, right front wheel. The 24 is stuck and cannot get going. The 67 Ford GT, which had Richard Westbrook installed into it, was stuck behind this traffic jam and was not able to get back out immediately, but did get back out around the BMW. And the 24 BMW, John Edwards brought it in. Yessie Crone bringing it out. The right rear wheel was not put on properly. That is the drama of the car. So again, a loose wheel nut causing an issue for this car. It is still stopped in the fast lane, too far out for the guys to reach it with an air gun. Now they've reached one that they think will get it. That sounded like it's secured. They dropped the car back off of the air jack, and they're signaling again. There is more damage to this 24 BMW, so more drama continued. But the 31 did come in with the GT cars. That might be considered emergency service. He'll still need to make another trip down the pit lane, though, because he came in when it wasn't his turn. Ah, how annoying is that? Gotta execute. We said that the Porsche keys to the race. Again, on the 31 car, I'm going to say that the wheelman on the front had a gun failure. He did exactly what you're told to do. Can't blame that lad. He knew exactly what the problem was. Shouldn't really have had the car sent. He was waving his arms. But I'm not really certain what happened there with the 24 car. But that seems to be more of an issue with the hub pat long. And I'm not sure that the officials will be very happy about them doing work in the meat of the pit lane. But at least they didn't get out of the pit lane, so they're going to stay on the lap, the lead lap in class. The mentality for the tire changers, for the driver going into the car, that is about as high stress as it gets in the whole season. That is one of the most key pit stops of this entire season because it's a short pit stop. You don't need a full tank of fuel, and everybody's saying to themselves, this is the track position that ultimately decides where the race is going to fall, and you saw two big mistakes with wheels not going on in each class. That's yeah. extraordinary. I mean, there's so much to talk about right now. Uh, first of all, number 50 car did not make a pit stop, so that will be leading oh, the race. safe release by the yeah. BMW number 24 right in front of the 31 and then it's oh has that not gone on again there oh sorry that's a replay my apology yeah. kind of getting excited but, about well, a replay yeah not but there's really all sorts of things going on here uh, the number 66 car by the way as we talked about because uh, he had already made his pit stop he did not need to come in he had been on the lead lap so he is now leading the class uh, in the Ford GT that's Dirk Mullen car number 66 the Ford uh, the other big gainer there by this full course caution period is car number 10 Renger van der Zender has taken over from Jordan Taylor because of the fact they had made a pit stop on lap 12 they needed uh, less fuel than everybody else so it was a shorter pit stop he's been able to leapfrog a couple of positions uh, on the field so he will restart fifth overall in car number 10 and, and with and with the number 50 still to make his pit stop so Renga van der Zander has a good opportunity now uh, to continue Jordan Taylor's remarkable streak of uh, consecutive podium finishes he's never finished off the podium here at Long Beach in the M2L Tech Sports Car Championship, anyhow. Yes, yes.
So, right. Shall so we 55 just minutes reset? to go. This is very early. I think. Yeah, it's going to be. There's going to be. A, it's. This caution period is a little bit too soon for the, the prototype yeah. for the prototype cars. GT Lems should be no problem, but for the prototypes, I think they're going to have to make a pit stop as we go back now to green flag racing. The number 55 car is getting, trying to get back uh, on the lead lap here. No, he's still going to be one still lap down. Still one lap down. Yeah. So he's, he's now one lap down. He had been two laps down. He's now one lap down to number 55 as the number 50 car leads at the restart. 55 minutes to go. So, Cadillac DPI, number 50 of Junkos Racing, who have not stopped by dint of not stopping and leaving Kyle Kaiser out there. They lead the race. And, and the thing about this is, everybody has to make one more pit stop, I think, so does right he. now, yeah. including him. Yeah. The difference, of course, is he needs to make a full stop, and everybody else, assuming it stays green till the end, they'll just need a splash of fuel. But uh, so as opposed to his full stop, which takes about 25 seconds. So you'll probably fall to the back in any case. But, you know, great strategy, I think, by yeah. Junkos Racing. Have, have your moment in the sun. Yeah. Gets the sponsors out there as well. Under 55 to go then. This has been already a one where the journalists in the centre, the media centre, will have written down a lot of notes. Short race, lots of action. Contact between the two accuracy at turn 11. Nose to tail as they came through there. Ricky Taylor and Dane Cameron. And there was a bit of side-by-side -side action further back as well with the Philippe Albuquerque and Stephen Simpson-driven Cadillacs, the dark grey number five and the bright yellow 84. Don't normally see two cars side-by-side, -side, and certainly Pat Long, not two prototypes around there. Heck of a battle going on in GT Le Mans and Dirk Muller's ahead of the two Porsches. Yeah, he's got his hands full with two Porsches who want by. Uh, yeah. This is what you love about Long Beach track position. Puts you in a point where you can make yourself wide and keep behind. And then you got the wheel and engineering prototype coming up through all of them. This is awesome. Yeah, it is. It is, it's, it is great. Because uh, that's certainly a lot of work now uh, for Pipo Durrani to work his way through the entire field. But he's certainly got a fast car, and he dives the inside of the Porsche. Ooh, and Patrick Pile there had to get out uh, of the throttle to allow room for the Proto, and that is giving his teammate an opportunity yeah, to draw alongside and make the pass. And through comes the Corvette. There's a bit of drafting down the back straight. Lock up from the 912. And Earl Bamba does get into the lead. Remember, Earl Bamba, he'll feel this place owes him a result behind the safety car when he was leading. He's had a couple of DNFs here. And behind the safety car when he was leading, had a suspension failure. A 31 car has to come through for a stop and 10-second hold, not fulfilling emergency service requirements. And the 24 BMW, more than per permitted number of people over the wall when they were refitting that left check that right rear wheel that'll be a drive through there wow so many mistakes today so yeah. many mistakes well i mean you talked about it before the porsche keys to the race you've got to get your strategies right and you've got to make your pit stops absolutely perfect there's a lot of pressure on the teams during this during these pit stops mistakes under those conditions can be made and today have been Bit of damage on the back of the second portion now, the 912, the 911 as well, with uh, Patrick Peelit in there. Looks like it's just had a little brush from behind and dislodged part of the bodywork. And there's more bodywork on the track as well, and it belongs to the number 10 Cadillac. It's been in the wall. 
it's gone into the back Edmonds of the pits and Renga van der Zander has lost part of oh he's been in the wall heavily uh, steering damage to the left hand side he's not even going to make it to the box he's in the IndyCar pit and Wayne Taylor hands on championship head leader, the championship, co -leader. championship co leader so both cars that came into the champion this weekend as championship leaders have had problems that's been more Pat Long than just a little kiss on the wall he's picked up some of the advertising stickers from the wall but it's the left front wheel that's pointing at a very jaunty angle and he just looks like he just understeered off at the end of the back straight did he get a little hip check there he was reacting to one of the Acura Penske cars in front of him and just sort of had to avoid them and as soon as you get your left wheels on the marbles there in turn nine you're going straight for the wall there's no tires and uh, he's done yeah that car's not even going to make uh, it back to its pit lane. So there goes Jordan Taylor's streak and uh, Renga van der Zander there, uh, absolutely distraught. It's Dan Cameron that he was having the battle with in the number six Acura. And he was closing down on them towards the end of the back straight. Came up on him very quickly just indeed. Carried, just carried, no, way carried too, too much, much speed. speed. Way too much speed. Saw that in the I IndyCar mean, qualifying with Rosenqvist doing almost exactly the same thing. Don't know what he was looking at, well, but he wasn't looking at his breaking point there, Pat, was he? Well, he had those two Acuras in front of him, and he just really shot it down in there. But as you guys said, that, that was never going to happen any, any which way. No. And... Uh, yeah, it, it, it takes quite. It takes a few laps. It, even in nice conditions here, fairly warm, not too hot, but warm. Uh, but it does take several laps to get those tyres after a full course caution up to optimum working temperatures and pressures. Yeah, you're dead fuel, uh, full on fuel, and you go down into turn Good nine. Point. It's bumpy. Uh, you don't have a lot of visibility. You can't see the apex because you have two sister cars that are sort of running right there in parallel. And uh, yeah, that's an error that's going to eat at him. I, I know that from firsthand experience. I've found that wall in the race before <laughs> leading the class. And, uh, you, you go through it 10 times between now and the next race in your head, but ultimately these guys are all pushing at 10 tenths pace, and that's IMSA racing today. What Ka a good job Carl Kaiser is doing Very here. Good job. The last two laps has been his fastest laps of the race. A 13.71 last time around, almost a second quicker than the cars that are full of fuel at this stage. Yeah, and, and he's done a really, really good job there. Tony Calderon is calling the strategy for the Junkos racing car. John DeGeese from Sportscar 365 just reminded me of that. Tony Calderon, the uh, creative force behind the Gentleman Driver documentary, which is out on a number of streaming platforms at the moment. If you haven't seen that, I thoroughly recommend it. And Tony's called this really well because they might not get the win, but they're certainly at the moment putting themselves in a position to move up the order with every one of the DPI still needing a stop before the end. I want to go back to the 10 car and give Renger the benefit of the doubt. That is so much distance that he pulled in on those Penske cars. There was previous damage and contact with the 10 car. So I just have to ask the question, did something break? Did he have a, something that went amiss? Because it almost looked like he was out of control and didn't even get a chance to turn in. Well, no. He he, I mean, he, the, the there was no wheels locked, were there? No, the, and the contact was right at the exit of the corner, wasn't it? I mean, normally if you have a problem there, you're going you're gonna to hit the tyres. He completely missed the tyres, which are a long way around the corner. Yeah, four, four car lengths, it's, uh, that's a tough one to accept. But either yeah. way, it's going to be going back in, yeah, in review. Carol uh, Brink, who's over in Monterey, or uh, just up the road in Monterey, has tweeted at IMSA Radio, a lot of mistakes. Is this the short sprint nature of the race that's taking its toll here? I think it is, Pat. People realise that they've got to do it, and they've got to do it right now. 
yeah, 100 minutes, you're absolutely on qualifying attack mode. And then, like I said, for the crews as well, coming in on a yellow flag pit stop at Long Beach, it's all on the line. And ultimately, that's when the mistakes happen. So uh, inside 50 minutes now, guys. A, a new best lap for our race leader, Karl Kaiser. One minute, 13.44. A new lap record for Pipo Tarani in car number 31. A one, uh, in, one 11. 11.96 for Pipo Durrani. Wow. The, the old record here set a year ago was a 113.4 by Felipe Nasser. 11.9. That's qualifying pace for Pipo Durrani. Yeah, he's one lap off the lead, of course, but that kind of pace is impressive. I think it's not a lead lap. Yeah, it's on the lead lap. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a long way back. Okay. Uh, the, no, the he, he had to come in and do his 10-second hold. He's, he's off the lead no, lap. No, he's not. Really? No. He's about a minute behind. Yeah. Wow. Well, in that case, that's fallen very luckily for him there because they had to do... They, they did three... They've done three pit stops to everybody else's one and not in, in the case of the leader, of course, because they didn't fulfil the emergency service requirements. So they had to come in and not just drive through but do a 10-second hold. So, Leader has completed 35 laps, and where's people then? He's down in 14th position, yeah. and he's only completed 34, but he'll complete 35 before the leader comes around again. Well, yes, he will. All right, I stand corrected. Thank you, Jeremy. This honest Abe, what are the minimum driver times? Has Bordier spent enough time in the Ford seat when he got after 35 minutes? Only five minutes here this weekend for the two pro classes. Abe, so not an issue there. And these drivers will stay to the end of the race now, which is 46 right. minutes away. Right. And from here, you can get to the end. Correct. Uh, but for the protagonists, or, or close, maybe another lap or two. So I would expect to see Karl Kaiser in, probably not this time, maybe next time, or, or, or the lap after. Uh, so, uh, or does he stay out as absolutely as long as he can at home? No, no, no. He comes in. No, well, he, 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 he is doing that already. Right. Uh, this is as long as he can go. He's the only car who's not yet met, yet made a pit stop at all. But he'd be hoping to get within about 43 or 42 minutes to be able to run flat out to the end. So this is a great, uh, a bold call by Junkos Racing. And again, another really good lap there from Karl Kaiser. 1 minute 13.469. His best, a 113.4. Top five in GT Le Mans together at the end of the back straight. Turn right-handed into this tightening, ever-tightening complex that heads towards the tightest corner on the circuit. All the way down to first gear, even, even for the GT cars here, Pat. Yeah, depending on the gearbox uh, transmission, I would say that yeah, this is a first gear oh, corner. Side this by era. side for the lead. Vantour gets a better run, Ooh. and Bamber rather gets a better run. And there was a touch there between the Ford and the Porsche. The Ford seems to have a little more power around Ooh. the outside. They're touching again. This is getting a little bit out of hand. And the two guys behind, the thing in the making, here, here, can't get that done. Wow. Great that stuff. Muller actually was second. So Bamber led across the line but couldn't hold on. There was at least three little kisses side by side there. Now... Easy for us to look from the outside and say those guys are leading on it, but part of what you're getting there is an aerodynamic effect as the cars are side by side. And actually, those guys will have been tracking pretty straight there. Yeah, I mean, that was part <laughs> side drafting and part int intimidation, uh, basically sending a message to the guy that you want it more than him. And in that case, they were sort of both turning into each other, but those are light touches, no effect on bodywork or damaged tires. That's more just sending a message. Just having a look at the 911 there, and... 
I said I thought there was damage to the back of that car some time ago. I don't think it's getting any better. And it looked as though there was something flapping around on that car. I'll take another look at that when I can. Uh, this isn't a huge aero circuit here, but all of these GT cars are very aero-dependent. And Bamba gets another run out of the out of the slipstream, and this time powers ahead before the start. That's, no that. that's not slipstream. No, John. no, that that's was power. Grip. That was power that and was grip. Power down. Uh, yeah. Putting the power on the road. Here's where the slipstream comes in. The end of the straight. The Corvette is right, trying to get a move on the number nine eleven car. Not quite able to do it, but Yad Magnussen. He is putting Patrick Peeler under intense pressure. Expect to see Kyle Kaiser in next time around. I'm being told by. Yeah. Shea Adam in the pit lane. Brilliant. That job. was that was Porsche 911 grip and grunt there coming out of 11. Or maybe a slight mistake, just lighten up the rear tyres by the Ford. It looked like the 66 sort of didn't accelerate coming out of yeah. 11. It was it was strange. I mean, he was alongside of him before they had straightened their steering wheels, and then a car length ahead of him by start finish line. So number 31 car, having set a string of fastest laps, he's just made his final pit stop. So he's the first of the prototype cars to make his final pit stop. And Shea, presumably no Michelin tyres offered there. Splash only for Pippa Durrani, and he is already back out on the racetrack. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And he'll be, that that will be full rich all the way at the end, and Pippo set on stun. Yeah. And when Pippo is on stun, he's worth watching. Yeah. I'll tell you that now. Uh, Watch out that number 31 car. Yeah. Uh, and the reason he only took a splash of fuel in, he's only, he'd only been into the pits uh, less than 10 laps ago. So the tank was almost full. But he knows from here, the team knows from here, he can get to the end of the race uh, to run flat out uh, and, uh, and hope that the other leaders, well, they will need a pit stop unless there's another major caution But period. even if there's a caution, he doesn't have to come in again, so he still cycles up through the field, Well, if there's a caution, he's golden. Yeah. He's done. He's, he's going to win the race. Yeah. Uh, but if there isn't a caution, and here is number 50, Carl, our race leader, Carl Kaiser, after a really good first uh, job. He's driven um, Indy Lights cars here. He's driven Indy cars here. This is his first time um, in a prototype, and he's leading the race and on pit lane. Van der Zander's in the pit lane as well. Van der Zander, I'm sure I saw the black number 10 doesn't matter. No, it's, no, it's no, out of no, contention. It's, no, it's case, all right. Though. It was another prototype, though. What was it? It would be the number five car. Yeah. It's the five car of Albuquerque who's coming. Junkos from the lead of the race for their final pit stop. She had him. Will Owen about to take over from Kyle Kaiser. It is not his first trip to the Long Beach Grand Prix in a prototype, though. So Will Owen has racing experience around here in a closed cockpit car. They have done the left side tires already. Now they are doing the right side tires and just taking it easy. There's a little bit of trouble with the driver change though as they can't get the right side stretch strap in five car is already down and gone as they have done their refueling and the driver change still going on now the door is shut the fuel probe still attached will owen is set that was a really good stop for the yoko's team they're only one of the long beach grand prix and he stays on the lead lap crucially absolutely crucially get out in front of the battle for the lead and mazda and ollie jarvis lead at long beach wow what a story this could be for Mazda. They've had an up and down weekend, a car that had to be rebuilt as Will Owen rejoins right in front of the leaders. He's on cooler Michelin tyres. He's going to have to defend. They're right with him now through the fountain area and he's got to stay on the lead lap here. Has to stay on the lead lap. Yeah, Will Owen's going to fight hard here on cold tyres and it's not going to be easy. The 77's got pressure from behind with the Acura pushing. This is going to get rough. It's yeah. going to get rough for all of them. The, the only saving grace to here the inside. could be the number seven Acura pressuring 
the car that's leading, the number 77, two Acuras side by side now, heading down the hill, lock up from Owen as he goes through, turn number eight and onto the long, long, long back straight. Here comes the 77, the Mazda though, not quite getting the exit down the back straight. And who's that in fourth position? That's the 84 Stephen Simpson in the JDC Miller Motorsport Cadillac. So Mazda, Acura, Acura, Cadillac in behind the Yungos, oh. red, white, green, and Will Owens clipped the kerb on the turn 11 hairpin, but he's got away with it. He still hasn't been closed down. And once he gets those Michelins up to temperature and pressure, he might just be able to stay ahead of the battling quad of cars that's behind them. Stephen Simpson weaving around left and right. This is the battle for the lead. First, second, third and fourth going through the fountain area now. And all of these guys, Pat, at the moment are using 100% of their mental capacity. Attacking, defending, strategizing, planning and they've got to drive the car at the same time. Yeah, so tough for Willow and on cold tires. He knows that he can stay ahead of these guys and slow them up a bit while he's on cold tires. Yeah. They're all going to come into the pits, and that's the advantage to Yukos. Yeah, brilliant job. Great strategy. Uh, great driving here by Carl Kaiser and now by Willow. And he's got those tires up to temperature. He's kept that squabbling pack behind him. He's certainly been helped by the fact that Oliver Jarvis has got his mirrors full of those uh, two Penske Acuras because he was focused more on keeping them behind him than getting past uh, the, uh, the Junko's Cadillac at this stage in the game. But there's the, number, the JDC car, car number 84, who's hanging right in there. That's Steven Simpson, and he is He's right there. with those three leads. One, two, three, four, uh, as they come across the line to complete lap 42. Steve Simpson, naturalised American now, born in South Africa, as in from... That leading group is Dan Cameron in the Acura Penske. So they're splitting strategy here, gentlemen, with 37 minutes to go. Porsche keys to the race, flexible strategy. May well pay off here. Roger Penske and Tim Sindrick on the box. They're doing double duty, of course, this weekend as well. Here comes Dan Cameron and Shea Adam is in the Acura Penske pit. It's not just going to be a splash and dash, though. They are at least changing the left side Michelins on this car. They are having a bit of trouble, though. The car was not put up on the air jacks when it should have been. Now they've put a new left front on and a left rear. Are they going to do the right side tires? I don't think so. It's going to be a two-tire stop only as they finish refueling. Dean Cameron with the big tank slapper getting it going again. But he has new left side tires to play with. And that was interesting, even though they didn't get the car off the ground, it didn't really cost them that much time because the fuel was the deciding factor that's in time there in the pit lane. So two tyre stop, two new left Michelins, left-hand side Michelins for Dan Cameron in that Penske number six, dropping down through the field at the moment, but that's his last stop done. Got to keep the note of all these final stops in GT Le Mans, Porsche, Earl Bamber leads from Dirk Muller in the 66 Ford and then the Porsche 911 of Patrick Pele, then the two Corvettes, Jan Magnussen with Tommy Milner behind him in the number four car, just closing in a little bit and it won't be long before that, the second of the yellow cars are in, here's the pit stoppers from the front of the field, Ricky Taylor and Stephen Simpson could not be any closer, <laughs> bump drafting in the pit lane by Stephen Simpson, Adam. He went for the intimidation factor, that's for sure, they are going to do two left side tires on the number 84 JDC Miller Motorsport Cadillac as well as the number 7 Penske Acura, they are doing rear tires on the Penske Acura though, they have changed both rear tires, the fuel probe is still attached and Ricky is cleared to go so that's an interesting strategy change he leads well ahead of Stephen, he doesn't have to worry about anybody scraping up his bumper this time. 
That was that was an Acuradilac coming down the pit lane, wasn't it? I mean, that was an eight-wheel an car. Acu-lac. An Acuradilac. <laughs> an Acuradilac. Yes, yes absolutely. <laughs> Eight wheels from DPI. Glory that. Now, this is an important moment as through goes the Acura. And that was a position on Stephen Simpson as Ricky Taylor rejoined. But Dan Cameron is ahead of Stephen Simpson. Philippe Albuquerque must have gone through as well as into the pits from the lead, Ollie Jarvis in the 77 Mazda. Now they've got to nail this one. The GT Le Mans cars still battling. The two Acuras absolutely together. One on warm Michelins, one on slightly less warm as we've got the leader with Shea Adam, or at least the car that came in out the lead. The 77, Ollie Jarvis in the Mazda. The most important pit stop that Mazda has done this year will be left side tyres only. The fuel nose still attached to the car as they are just having a little bit of trouble with the right rear. They got it done. The car is coming off the air jacks. He's cleared to go. Gonna have to go, 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 leaders in the hairpin now at turn 11, this is going to be tight, but Ollie Jarvis is rolling, the two Acuras will come across the line, they won't be scored in the lead, it's still Ollie Jarvis, but they're up to full speed, and Ollie Jarvis has to stay all the way to the right hand side, he's exiting the pit lane, here come the two Acuras, this is going to be very tight indeed, oh he cut the end of the pit lane, very close and he's lost the lead, He's still lost the lead. He's lost second as well. Yep. That was slowly needed. It took yeah. him too long to get that car into gear and underway again. And he's going to be under pressure from Stephen Simpson for third position as well. So it's Acura, Acura that leads. Philippe Albuquerque from Ricky Taylor. Six from seven. Then, uh, check that, Ricky Taylor from Dan Cameron. Uh, seven from six. Let me get that the right way around for you. So excited by... That uh, final pit stop from the Mazda, and that's Ollie Jarvis defending against Stephen Simpson going down the hill to turn number eight and just about holding on to third position. Oh, wow. I mean, everything was uh, was looking good there for, for Mazda, but that, was, that stop was definitely Second not and a half, two seconds, yeah, that's absolutely. all it was. That's all it took. Yeah, again. But, the, but the, the, the car that came in first of these cars in the lead sequence, car number five is now leading this race. So Philippe Albuquerque, great strategy once again by Action Express Racing and uh, Ian Watt and the entire team. And they got that car out well ahead of the rest of the field. So it's number five car that leads. Uh, that is uh, Philippe Albuquerque. In second place is Ricky Taylor, the two accurate, absolutely nose to tail as they come through the uh, fountain section. Yeah, so that quick stop by the five car. Now the question is, did they take tyres? Shea Adam, will you remind me? Did the five Mustang Sapling car take tyres? Negative. And neither did their sister car, the number 31. Right, okay. So that's just adding a little bit of strategy back into the mix. Flexible strategy, we said. Porsche keys to the race. Tyres or no tyres? Are you tired and emotional? Well, they didn't take new Michelins. That's what we're hearing from the pit lane. So will that... How will that play out as we get towards the end of this race? The chequered flag is just over half an hour away. GT Le Mans. The 912 of Earl Bamber has cleared off just a little bit in relative terms. Dirk Muller has got himself a little bit of breathing room and it's the battle for third that's interesting us at the moment. The red, white, black and grey 911 of Nick Tandy was leading this race. Handed over to his teammate Patrick Peeler, who now finds himself in third with not one but two Corvettes breathing down his tailpipes. Jan Magnussen in the three and Tom Milner in the four. Tommy Milner in the four. Magnussen defending 
series champion, of course, from last year. And there is definitely something just to ride to the right rear of Pelé's car. Not sure whether that's affecting his pace, but certainly something on the diffuser to the right rear is not where it should be. Behind the two Corvettes, it's Richard Westbrook who's just done the fastest first sector for that car in the 67 Ford. And we know Richard can stretch a, a fuel run when he needs to. Right now, what we need now is clean and green all the way at the end. And let's see who's yeah. got it. Let's yeah. see who's got the, the tactics right, particularly at the front of the field, Jeremy, where a couple of teams have gone for two tyres. Pat, Pat Long joining us in the booth here at Long Beach. Two tyres for some of the cars there on the left-hand side. Clearly, they're the tyres that get the work here on a mini right-handed circuit. The driver's really going to feel the difference on those on a, such a short race. Yeah, absolutely. Um, getting fresh tires on the left side versus the rear, as you saw Penske split that strategy. Uh, clearly, you're going to have a different balance with uh, more understeer if you've got brand new tires on the rear versus left sides, where you're going to be happy in the rights and not so, left, not so happy on the left. So we'll see how this all progresses. Well, you're talking about wanting tires on the left side, not the right. Well, the problem with the five stop was that when they came in, they had a slow puncture on the right front. They only changed that one tire. So when they did a splash, they did put the car up on the jacks, but it wasn't for the ones that they wanted. Understood, Chair. Thank you. Good hustle down there to get that in the pit lane. Battle for position going down to turn one. 9-11 in third is Patrick Peelet. Then the two Corvettes and coming through. And here's where we're going to see the interest because the 31 car... He's coming back through the field in the hands of Pipo Durrani, and he's been quick. Half an hour to go, and Pipo is pick, picking his way, actually for overall position, but, of course, what he wants to do is trying to get on the back of the top six and try and get himself further up the DPI rankings and get some extra championship points. It's the Bubba Burger Sports Car Grand Prix at Long Beach. Round three of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Pat Long joining Jeremy Shaw and me, John Hindorf in the booth. Shea Adam down in the pit lane. Jeremy. And the two uh, Penske Acres have just set their fastest laps of the race. 1 minute 12.6 uh, for Ricky Taylor, 1.12.8 for Dane Cameron. The gap from first to second and third, five seconds now. They've uh, they pulled him half a second on that last lap. I don't think it's going to be... Uh, and the interesting thing now is your know, number five car. That was the first car to blink of the, among the leaders to make its final pit stop of the day. So that car's tyres are a little bit older for uh, Philip Albuquerque, uh, and he's also probably going to save fuel a little bit. They came in on the, I'm sure, on the absolute edge of the margin from where they could reach the finish. Yeah, people was the first car in. Remember, they were. Oh yeah, he's, he's way but, out. But he's, he's out of contention. Yeah, he's out of contention. Yeah. yeah, forget that. Yeah, classic Penske strategy. They know how much fuel they have to take on board, and that exactly. calculates to only two tires changed. They split the difference. Correct. Rears on one one side on the other. They're going to cover all their bases. Yeah. Great strategy call by the number five Cadillac, though, out in front. Wow. It was a super quick stop from then. And last time for our race leader, 14-4 for Philippe Habakkuk. A 12-6 for the two Acuras behind him. That's number 55 car on pit lane. That's uh, already a lap down from the ultimate pace, uh, uh, ultimate uh, positions. Do you know, we've often said there's as much talent on the pit boxes 
as there is behind the wheel. No disrespect there, Pat, but you know it's a team game out there. And Shea Adam, uh, we've got a quartet of the best who are battling out right now at the front of this field. Ian Watt on the box for the number five versus Tim Sindrick on the box for the number seven versus Roger Penske on the box for the number six versus the Gade, Lena Gade, in the box for the number 77. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, very good stuff. Cadillac, Acura, Acura Mazda. Ollie Jarvis hanging in there. Behind that, Stephen Simpson. Still that top five within 10 seconds, so this is by no means over. You get the feeling if we have to have a restart at any stage in the next 27 minutes, that could get a little bit tasty as well. Yeah, and that would certainly favour the two uh, Penske cars with their newer tyres. Fair point, well made, beautifully presented, Mr Shaw. Coming up, the yes, checkered flag is the end of the race, but only the start of the conversation. The Michelin post-race tech show. We'll have a look at what's been going on this weekend and you take part. The original audience participation programme in sports cars. Get your questions, points arising, or anything that you just want to bring up that you've noticed. It's hashtag Michelin PRT at IMSA Radio. Hashtag Michelin PRT at IMSA Radio. And Jeremy, Shea, Pat and myself with a few post-race interviews and your topics once the chequered flag has fallen here on IMSA Radio via the Radio Show Limited network of channels. And just a quick reminder, uh, we still have ELMS action to come on RSL this weekend over on RS1 tomorrow with Johnny Palmer and Graham Goodwin live in sound and vision from Circuit Paul Ricardo Le Castellet in the south of France for round one of the European Le Mans series. Four hours of racing from a sunny south of France. Already had the Michelin Cup race today, and I won't spoil that for you, but that had just about everything apart from, as the boys said, a meteor shower and several celebrity appearances. Here at Long Beach, 25 minutes to go, and the strategy's beginning to play out. Our Porsche keys to the race, execute. Well, Pat, we've seen more mistakes in 100 minutes than most of these top teams making a whole season, haven't we? Yep, the mindset for the drivers and the crews is this is my chance to make the race happen. And, of course, a, co a couple of them have slipped up. Uh, for the drivers and the prototypes, the discipline here at this racetrack is sort of twofold. You've got all of the GT cars so close together battling for position, they're not going to give an inch. But two-thirds of the racetrack is completely clear. So you're in an absolute sprint mentality, laying down best laps of the race, and then you come up on this group of GTLM drivers with some amazingly aggressive drivers, and they're not giving an inch. When you get into that traffic, that's where you can lose the race, damage the car. Flexible strategy was another Porsche keep the race, Jeremy. And you've got to say that Acura Penske, we kind of expect those guys to do well. But hats off to the number five team, Philip Albuquerque, still with a two-second lead. And that all came from that pit stop strategy. Yeah, uh, but that ga the gap has come down. But uh, Albuquerque now has settled down. He had that one poor lap at a 114.4, lap 49. His last three laps are 113.6. And then two absolutely identical 1 minute 13.21. Uh, so he's, he's settled into a pace now, Albuquerque, uh, but the gap has come down from over five seconds to less than two uh, over the pursuing Ricky Taylor. And Dane Cameron, he's hanging out right there with Taylor as well. So this is going to be a three-car battle for the lead before too long. As the number 11 car of uh, Patrick Prelay, he's having to, uh, well, use up all the racetrack, perhaps a little bit more, to try and keep that Corvette car number three behind the Ryan Magnussen. 
Yeah, now Oliver's using up Patrick Pillay's rear diffuser. You can see it's dislodged <laughs> a little bit on the left, and he keeps poking him into turn 11. He's now drawing alongside drivers right outside, heading into turn one, and it looks like he might clear him here. I like the fact you say using Ooh. up. Uh, but that, is that driver speak for just knocking little pieces off a little at a time? Yeah, and uh, Patrick just returned the favor down into turn one, but Oliver was able to keep the position, and now Patrick's got a mirror full of Tommy yeah. Milner. It's interesting that Patrick's struggling a little bit here co compared, certainly, uh, to his uh, teammate, Earl Bamba, who's... Uh, He's had damage on the back of that car for quite indeed. a while, Jeremy, yeah. and I just wonder if that's... No question. It, it might not be massively affecting his overall speed, but what it will be doing is using up his rear tyres if that car's sliding around a little bit more. That diffuser behind the rear wheels on the Porsche, Patrick. I mean, when the aero rules changed for GT Le Mans, that was the reason Porsche swapped the engine and the gearbox around, not to, not to change the weight distribution, but to be able to have the room to put that diffuser in because they knew that was downforce. They had to claw back on their competitors. Yeah, absolutely. A lot more underfloor, more aerodynamics, downforce is what you want. Driving the new RSR, you get in and you immediately feel how much more downforce it makes. I would say, though, that this is one track where downforce counts for the least amount. You still are going to feel it with damage to the rear diffuser. So the Corvette then ahead of the number 911 car this time around. As the, the overall lead is now beginning to lap the GTLM cars for effectively for the first time because everybody got the wave around last time around so every all the cars all the top 14 cars in the race overall uh, GTLMs including the, and the DPIs are on the lead lap but now Albuquerque is having to work his way through this traffic and he's got uh, Ricky Taylor right on his rear wing as well this is really going to be interesting now that was uh, just a lap or so ago when uh, Ollie Gavin made the aggressive move down the inside on the curving front straight uh, excuse me, Jan Magnussen, uh, who got that, got a little bit of a push. And actually, the Great Dane did a pretty good job there to hold the car on the racing line, got through, and then rather decided he wanted to park it on the inside to stop the Porsche going up there. Got a couple of decent taps from Pele, who was uh, less than enthused by that. I think Jan not only doing a job for himself there, Patrick Long, a lap or two ago, but trying to help out his teammates by slowing down the Porsche. That was, I mean, that just shows you guys, you, your brains are clocked at a different speed. He's made the pass, but he's still thinking about helping his teammates. Yeah, as soon as Oliver had uh -oh. drawn alongside of Patrick, he then took the overtaking opportunity back away from Patrick because it was going to be side-by-side -side into turn one, and that's when Magnussen really ran as a good teammate. A little lock up from Earl Bamber into turn one on the right front Michelin of that car number 912 and that's got damage to the diffuser much much bigger damage than I've seen before as well so Bamba then with the yellow striping around the back of that car and on the diffuser edge and that is flapping the whole underfloor of that car is flapping he'll feel that he'll hear it as well and the port the Porsche is being caught by Dirk Muller Dirk Muller is then going to come under pressure from Jan Magnussen Patrick Pele fighting a rear guard action as through come the leaders of the race all together. Oh my goodness, this is starting to hot up. Battles for position at the front of the field in both of the classes on the streets of Long Beach for the Bubba Burgers Sports Car Grand Prix in round three of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Danger time for everyone concerned here. The DPI should be able to use their 
superior top speed down the front straight but that Patrick Long is easier said than done here when other people are battling yeah you're in a tremendous battle here uh, like we said the GT cars are all fighting each other for position and then you have prototypes that are in their own battle it's uh, ooh, there's contact into turn one where the Corvette collects the Acura I'm going to correct myself a little bit. It's Magnuson who's out front with Gilner yeah. behind him. But, uh, yeah, to watch these prototypes thread the needle, they know that it's for a position, it's for a podium, and for a victory. But they also know how, how hard these GTLM drivers are fighting. And there's a tremendous amount of respect between the two classes. And Tom Milner just uh, having to let through the lead cars there. And that's made him vulnerable to Richard Westbrook behind him. Sorry, I'd forgotten the driver changes as well so my apologies but there's so much to watch here at the moment as the leader Philippe Albuquerque gets the best of the traffic for the moment and opens up maybe a couple of three cars lengths to Ricky Taylor who now goes past the Corvette on the back straight blue flags are waving that means you've got faster cars behind and Milner now on the less than optimal line going into the right hander at the end of the back straight looks like he's losing rear grip to me the back of that Corvette is starting to move around. All started a couple of three laps ago, and it was a big hit on the back of the second-place Acura in the hands of Ricky Taylor, the number seven, from the second of the Corvettes, all locked up. And Tommy Miller did well to keep that car out of the wall there as he got sideways, but that was a significant piece of contact on the diffuser at the back of that second-place Acura. And uh, the leaders, they're working their way through this GTLM traffic. They're now doing uh, 1 minute 15 second laps. They were doing uh, low 1 minute 13, so it costs them more than two seconds a lap. Here, patience is so important, Patrick Long. And what a good job uh, Philip Albuquerque is doing here to, to clear the traffic and uh, still maintain his gap over that second place, Ricky Taylor. Yeah, I remember driving in prototypes here, both at Grand Am and in IMSA. And what you have, there's pressure behind from a car, and you're having to go through the GT cars, you sort of back your competitor up. You have control, you have track position, and you want a good run off of the corners. So that's what you see when the GT cars are getting into the back of the prototypes. If the prototype has track position, he's going to make it easy for himself, and that doesn't yes. he's not thinking about lap time in this situation. Yeah. And also, actually, the GT cars have probably got a similar, if not better, minimum corner speed through the very slow corners because they've got more of what's called mechanical grip the prototypes, they're not used to making their grip from the tyres alone. They're used to the big hand of downforce pushing them into the into the track surface. Yeah, absolutely. And spring rate means a lot uh, for the GT cars. If they have a softer spring, they're going to have more wheel contact on the road, uh, maybe softer anti-roll bars where the prototypes are set up to be very low, low CG and uh, lighter weight. So they're not putting as much uh, ro or tyre into the ground. So it's certainly interesting to watch these guys. They might... they might have the same minimum speed in all of these tight corners. Now we started off with 100 minutes on the clock. We're down to 17 remaining. Remember, of course, the race doesn't end exactly on the stroke of 100 minutes. It will depend where the leader is on the track. So the chequered flag will come out when the overall leader comes to the line for the first time when 100 minutes have elapsed. That leader at the moment is Philippe Albuquerque in the dark grey Mustang sampling, Cadillac, number five. He's managed to put a BMW between himself and second place, and that's significant with just 16 and a half minutes to go. The black, silver, and white Cadillac crosses the line to complete another lap, and this time has more than a second on second place, and that is as much as he's had 
for around about five or six laps. Still in third position, the second of the Acura Team Penske prototypes, the white and orange car. Number six is Dean Cameron. Ollie Jarvis just can't hold on to the leaders in that 77 Mazda. Then two more Cadillacs, the bright yellow 84 of Stephen Simpson and then Will Owen. What a run it's been for Junkos Racing. Led the race here on strategy. And Will Owen turning decent laps at the moment. Top six cars separated by 23 seconds. In yeah. GT Le Mans, Porsche, Ford, Chevrolet, your top three. And there's five seconds between the podium positions as it starts. Yeah, and now Albuquerque, he can, he can t- kind of take a bit of a, a breather now because he's not going to worry about the traffic that he's working his way through. He's got a clear track ahead of him now for probably quite a long, possibly even to the end of the race, certainly for goodly period. So he's now just going to concentrate on hitting his marks, looking at his fuel number as well, making sure he's got enough fuel to get to the end of this race. But now it's Ricky Taylor who's going to have to uh, make this gap up again. Remember... The Cadillac that leads just across the line now and heading down towards turn one did not take any Michelin tyres at all, just fuel at the last pit stop, at its final pit stop. Both the Penske's took two Michelin tyres, left sides and rears for those two cars, whose rears on the seven, which is the second place car. That's the one that's got the tow hook sticking up like the... Uh, like the, the gun sight at the front of that car at the moment. Now, I just wonder now, you'll always get a little bit of benefit, Pat, for having those tyres on, but presumably the longer the Penske's going to the race, the less that benefit is in terms of a performance advantage. Yeah, certainly when you have the benefit of the new tires, that peak is in the front half of that stint. So right now they've neutralized and uh, they've made it through traffic. Like you said, they have clear sailing. So the discipline of the driver has gone from sprint to endurance, and now it's back to sprint with open track, and these guys are absolutely pushing at qualifying pace. Well, well, well. Nobody's leaving. Nobody is leaving, and why would you? Because both categories are turning into an absolute cracker, exactly as we expected from when they rolled out at 7.30 on Friday morning for a couple of hours of free practice, and the lap record started tumbling straight away. Drivers telling us they've never had as much grip on the streets of Long Beach as they experienced early in the piece this year, and the track is getting quicker and quicker. The cars are using their fuel, they're getting lighter, And now the drivers will be talking to the engineers. What you want to hear from your engineer now, Pat, is you can go full rich and full power all the way at the end. If you're one of these leading cars, the last thing you want is, well, we might just need a tiny bit of fuel saving if you don't mind, Pat. Yeah, it seemed like Philippe Albuquerque was maybe a little conservative with fuel early in the stint, saving it when he needed it so that he could push hard at the end. Right now, he's drawn ahead. He's a couple heads clear of Ricky Taylor. So certainly, uh, the Action Express is playing a great fuel game here. Yeah, I think and they've done a good job. Yeah. Good uh, job. Pivo Durrani, by the way, he's closed up in car number 31. He's the last car on the lead lap in the seventh position. The uh, One of the co-championship leaders coming into this weekend, along with number 10 car. Uh, he's now closed right up onto the tail of the Junkos number 50. So he'll be looking to make a pass to get up to the top six. Right rear of the leading Porsche in GT Le Mans is coming apart. The right rear bodywork, I should say. It's starting to flap. That underfloor that's been loose for some time is in danger of doing further damage. Now, race control will be looking at that. 
because they have to make what is a very difficult decision to see if that could be a danger to other competitors if it was to come off. I don't think it's bad enough at the moment, but for sure they will be looking at that right now, Pat. And also Earl Bamba, he's got to be feeling that, and he'll be on the phone talking to the pit wall. Yeah, it's costing him lap time. I mean, the last lap, Dirk Mueller took four tenths of a second out of him, and he's almost to his rear bumper, so this is going to get very tight. Dirk Mueller, the first GT Le Mans car to pit. So he's on the oldest set of Michelins out there. But he is dialed in, took over from Sebastian Bordet with just 35 minutes gone. Then did the final pit stop and ran to the end at an hour and six minutes to go. We raised an eyebrow at that at the time. Jeremy Shaw, absolutely certain they wouldn't have brought that car in. That Chip Ganassi's done the calculations. Meantime, the second Porsche also slightly damaged. Patrick Pilet still fighting that rear guard action against the Porsche of Tommy Milner and at the front of the field Mustang sampling number five the grey gold and white Cadillac V8 on the streets of Long Beach with so many of the other manufacturers the foreign manufacturers with their global or sorry US headquarters around this area a win for Cadillac round here would be a real feather in the cap of the all-American manufacturer, so close to the wall, running out onto the back straight. Philippe Albuquerque with three quarters of a second of an advantage across the line. And there's no doubt in my mind that Ricky Taylor is closing in in the number seven Acura in second place. Now it's a case of how much performance both of these drivers have got left. Let's take a breather from the action on the track as Shea Adam gives us an update on the status of the leading GT Le Mans car, the number 912 Porsche. There is a new rear diffuser and floorboard sitting in the pit box of the number 912, or at least on the cold side of the wall. And I just got quite the scare when I saw mechanics going and picking up their tools. They're putting them away. They are leaving Earl out there until the car breaks or comes home in victory circle. And I've never seen Lawrence Vantour looking this nervous. His feet will not stop twitching on the pit box. He's doing the Christian Horner at the moment, I'm sure. Christian Horner two-step. The battle for the lead is on. Just because these guys aren't side by side as they head out through turn five, uh, through turn six, excuse me. And now on to seven and eight. They're not side by side yet. They're going to be sometime soon. And what Ricky Taylor is doing now, having got back, having bridged the gap, he's not putting himself in a challenging position quite yet, Pat. But he's obviously weighing up what the strengths and weaknesses of that Cadillac is ahead. Jeremy. Yeah, excuse me. Uh, what happened to number 66 car on that lap? All of a sudden, he lost a fair bit of ground uh, to the leader. He, uh, Dirk Mueller in number 66 Ford was pretty much right with Olbam. But all of a sudden, there's three seconds between them. Yeah, and it wasn't a super slow lap from Mueller. So it must have been at the end yeah, of the lap no, before. It, it was. It cost him a second and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, the interesting thing with these underfloors is that the splitter, the front of the GT car or the prototype, and the diffuser, the rear of these GTLM cars, are making contact with multiple class racing in these tight first and second gear corners. It's not anything of a reliability issue. It's just purely contact and street fight racing. But uh, this, this overhaul battle is going to get interesting. I mean, getting to the leader is one thing, but getting by him with eight minutes to go is a whole other challenge. Yeah, no question about that. You're absolutely right. This is a fascinating contest. And uh, number 77 car, boy, that's really struggling now. 
Uh, clearly, uh, that car, I think, it came, it was the last of the leaders to pit. Whether it's fuel or whatever, for some reason, uh, number 77, driven at the moment by Oliver Jarvis, is falling back at a, a rate of knots from number six car, and he's under a lot of pressure from Stephen Simpson, who just can't quite find a way around him. Right, gentlemen and lady, your nominations for the spirit of the race, please. We'll announce it at Michelin Post Race Tech. There's been some stories this afternoon as the leaders go through. Hashtag SOTR LB for Long Beach. SOTR LB for Long Beach to Atoms Radio. Shea Adam, post race tech, will be talking about this, I'm sure. Spirit of the race here. Short race, lots of action. Sebastian Bourdais, gotta be. At the beginning of the race, he thought he was just gonna be doing one race this weekend, and then he finds himself in a very familiar seat of a Ford GT around a very familiar track, but the two of them didn't exactly click off the bat. He had a great qualifying session, a really good first stint. His car sits in second with a shot at the win. I'm gonna uh, say Jordan Taylor hasn't ended the way that they wanted, but he got in after stomach surgery early on this week. And an honorable mention, I think, for Junkos Racing, who took their opportunity and led the race. Yeah. Jeremy Spirit, I, I the agree. race. I love it because uh, yeah, they, they pulled a strategic card here. They didn't have the fastest car. They're not going to finish uh, better than sixth place unless there's a big drama uh, behind them. But certainly it's been a, a, you know, a gutsy call by that team. And uh, they've uh, done a really good job. Uh, uh, both drivers, I think, have learned an awful lot this weekend. Apart from a driver's eye view, Spirit of the Race, who's had that uh, spirit of endurance in this short race today? Yeah, I like Earl Bamber. Uh, he passes his teammate fair and square coming out of turn eight. Yep. I also like that the Porsche guys let their two drivers race for the victory. It yep. wasn't about holding position, and that's what we're all here to see. Uh, in the wall. Oh, we've just mentioned Junkos, and Willow has put it in the wall on the end of the back straight coming down Pine Avenue. Six well, minutes to the, go. Was there contact with number 31 car? Peter Durrani uh, was uh, trying to make that pass, he's got, perhaps. He's kept the engine running, but he's yeah, got to reverse it into a very dangerous position to move it. Now, race control tend to try and let this go. Can he get reverse? He's, he's visible. He's not too far around the corner. Double wave yellows. The marshals are telling him to stay still for the moment as the leaders go through. Green flags on the next marshals post. Five and a half minutes to go. Number f- now, did he get a put? Did he get a push? Durrani was right there. Gets up alongside. He didn't. There was no contact, but he just pushed him. Sorry, he put Durrani put the car there and didn't touch. But uh, Will just couldn't get the car turned in. He was in the grey and brilliant race officiating there. Brilliant race officiating. Didn't go for the big yellow button, and that means that we are still. Green flag racing. The 31 and 50 incident is under review. I'm not sure, Pat, that there was contact there. To me, it didn't look like contact. I mean, Will Owen wanted to stay side by side. At the exit of turn eight, that's a questionable call because there's really only one line for Durrani to track out. Eventually, the wall's going to come to meet you at that point with Durrani fully alongside. There was nowhere for Will to go. It was certainly a late lunge, wasn't it? Uh, at some stage if somebody's got to give the corner up the question is who do you decide needs to do that the leaders are at the point of impact but of course it's now green flags around that area inside the last five minutes chaps and the gap between first and second six tenths of a second the gap between first and second in GT Le Mans 
just under two seconds. Yeah, and, and uh, behind uh, number 912 and 66, separated, as you say, by 1.7 seconds, a Corvette of uh, number three, Ian Magnussen. He's only a second behind, and his teammate, Tommy Milner, has got past Patrick Pile. Finally. Was, uh, yeah, exactly, a couple of laps ago. And Pile now, he's got his uh, mirrors full of number 67 for Richard Westbrook. And that has championship implications. Philip Eng leads the Drivers' Championship, but he won't be back in a car till probably as late as Petit Le Mans, Motul Petit Le Mans at the end of the season. So Patrick Peely and Nick Tandy came in here as the effective leaders of the GT Le Mans Championship. They, they will, on a quick bit of unofficial arithmetic, not my strongest point anyway, I think that will pass to their teammates if it stays the way it is at the moment. It'll be Vanter and Earl Bamba who will take the lead in the championship of the drivers who are doing the full season. Now, this battle for the lead overall and in DPI, Mustang sampling. It's all going to be feeling a little more loose now. The tyres, the Michelin tyres hanging on, very durable. But with the cars getting lighter and the pressure coming on, so easy to lock a brake here or to make a mistake. BMW ahead of them, little bit of traffic, and this will be Philippe Albuquerque going, oh, not another GT car, Pat. Yeah, this is where Ricky Taylor has to make a decision. If the opportunity comes with this lap traffic, is he going for it? It almost has to be a pre-decision because he's only going to get one shot at it. Yeah, with two and a half minutes to go, there's not even a full cast length between first and second. Philippe Albuquerque now will be driving as fast and or as slow as he dare and can because he's got to try and keep that accurate yeah. behind him because I think if the pass is made I'm not sure he's got anything left for him to be able to challenge again and we can see on our screens there the advantage the Cadillac have it's a torque off the corner just leaps off the corner and onto shoreline drive that's a huge advantage because he's able to leap off the hairpin and get a good run on straight the Acura is a good bit quicker at the end of the straight but the advantage that the Cadillac gains under acceleration is more than enough to offset, offset the deficit at the it's end it's going to get it. the BMW between first and second brilliant maneuver from Philippe Albuquerque now what was great about that was Albuquerque didn't try to make the pass down into eight he actually backed off as he was going down pine to turn onto shoreline drive and that gave him the opportunity to make the pass without coming under any pressure from the Acura in second and this is where the thought press process of great drivers is going in mere mortals like us wouldn't even have the wherewithal to drive the car. Not only are these guys driving the car at the very ragged edge of adhesion, but they're also planning and strategizing. And the guys on the pit wall for Acura know that that might be an opportunity for the victory gone with time ticking down to one minute remaining. There'll be one more lap, I think, after this one. Yeah, and you're going to see more GT traffic here. So again... Albuquerque, yeah. but Albuquerque now needs to think to himself, I've got to engineer where I catch these cars, and he does not want to catch them coming out of the hairpin at turn 11. This is going to be good. You've got at least four GT cars to get through here on the final lap. Uh, it was a pretty heads up by the BMW for DiFilippi to actually get Ricky Taylor by before the final 10-11 section, so we still have a battle here for the victory with some hungry GT cars ahead of him. This could get good. And the number three car, the Corvette, is right with Dirk Mueller as they head toward turn one on Shoreline Drive. 
White flag is in the air for round three of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, the Bubba Burgers Sports Car Grand Prix at Long Beach. The leaders coming through the leading cars in GT Le Mans. Brilliant work. Brilliant work by Philippe Albuquerque. It's not always about the side-by-side last gap, last of the late breakers movement. It's about that planning and scheming. And Albuquerque there was absolutely inch perfect. Now the number 911 of Patrick Pile has got the second place Acura behind him. And nothing really Patrick could do there. Pat Long, he's on the racing line at a part of the circuit 2, 3, 4 and 5 that really only has one racing line. Yeah, nothing the 911 could do. He did the right thing. But the 7 car had a chance to absolutely lunge it in there and throw everything out the window as far as being conservative. He took the uh, conservative way, and uh, we, we might have a battle here now as we head into 10. Into 10 and 11. There's a Corvette right in the middle, and the leaders are back together again. This is not all over. Two more corners. We've seen hairpin action here in the past. It'll be a sprint to the line, and it is going to be Philippe Albuquerque. He's planned, he's schemed, he's weaving left and right, but he will take the Bubba Burger Sports Car Grand Prix at Long Beach and wins it by three quarters of a second from a chasing Ricky Taylor for accurate team Penske, who captured pole position. Third for Dan Cameron in the sister car. But the battles in GT Le Mans were ahead of those leading cars, and some of those will continue. The 912, the engine 912 of Earl Bamber, who took that car over from Lawrence Vanter, he's got enough, but second and third, well, that could go either way. For, oh, big block, big block thrown by the 66 in second. Dirk Muller is in tyre trouble, I think. He really threw the thing up the inside there to block the Corvette behind him in the hands of Jan Magnussen. Magnussen's going to hit him. Yeah, he's hit him. He's absolutely nailed him. Fuel. Out of fuel, so 67 minutes was too much for that car. And the Corvettes will come home second and third. In which order? Three and four. Yeah, you don't pass your teammate when he's injured like that. Drop in behind, make sure he gets to the line. GT Le Mans is Porsche. And it will be Earl Bamba after two DNFs here in the past who finishes the two Corvettes come through second and third. There was no change between those two. And the Ford, injured at the side of the road, will not finish. But I think, actually, will still be scored in fourth position Correct. because the rest of the GT Le Mans field were lapped by the leader before the checkered flag. Pat Long. I believe the IMSA rule is you have to cross the checkered flag running to be scored no. in that position. No, no, you don't. No, no, don't think so. No, don't that's Le Mans. Yeah. I challenge you on that. No, okay, no. 66 and uh, 3 reviewed. No action. Let's go down to Joao Barbosa, co-driver in the winning Mustang sampling car. 364 days ago was your last win. It was number 9 in IMSA in terms of the combined series. Now you're up to 10. How good does this win feel, Joao? Uh, this was unbelievable. I mean, this definitely was a team win. Like, these guys did an unbelievable job. I had a terrible start. I tried to avoid chaos in turn one, and I got I really, I really fell behind. And then we got into a strategy and saving fuel, and then we had the great pit stops. And you know, unfortunately, we had the tire going down. We had to do an early pit stop, but the team was on it, and they knew what to do. And they put us out there, and we made a ton of positions on on, on the pit stops and on strategy. You know, these Action Express guys, when you think everything is lost, they they bring it, turn it around, and they they bring us another win. So, really proud of these guys. 
little bit of bad news for you. It's a long run to the top step of the podium. I don't <laughs> mind that. That's why I've been working out, so I can run. <laughs> Congrats, friend. Thank you. Oh, at Michelin PRT. For your thoughts, the Michelin Post Race Tech Show coming up next. Big incident on that final lap. It's been reviewed. No action taken between the 66 and the 3. Jeremy Shaw. No question in my mind that the Ford ran out of fuel. I mean, just a half a mile to go to the finish line. It was a great gutsy call by that Ford Jeep Canasi Racing Team because they didn't have a car fast enough to win the race, I don't think, today. Uh, They did last year, but they didn't this year. Uh, And so that was the only chance they had to get on the podium. Told you they were tight on fuel. So back to the spirit of the race there. Yes, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Let's have your votes for that. Let's go to Lawrence Vanter. The 912 Porsche comes through, takes the victory, and unofficially takes the lead of the Drivers' Championship. Well, street courses are always pretty good to you, but I've never seen you looking that nervous before sitting on a pit box. Are you breathing again yet? Yeah, well, you know, last two years, it's so bad luck here in, in Long Beach. And now, we, again, we were leading, and you can see we... Uh, Ollie Gavin, he hit me at the second corner, and the splitter was loose. So it was getting worse and worse and worse, and I saw him coming by in the V, and the thing was flapping up and down. I was like, no way. This is not happening again. So I was pretty much shitting my pants for an hour. <laughs> But now you can breathe. Now you get some champagne. Unofficial points leaders in GTLM. How much did you guys need this? Yeah, really bad. Um, Earl and myself, uh, everybody knows we get along super well. I think we're a good team. Uh, 9-12 as well. But we've we've always had some kind of thing going on, uh, often where we're in a good position. And we need this. And I hope this is now the start uh, of a good year. Like you said, unofficial point lead. And... uh, Let's hope we can keep it until the end of the year. First of many, congrats. Thank you. Share Adam with Lawrence Van der Apologies for Lawrence's rather colourful language about his state of nervousness in the last hour of the race. Well, we're at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. The next time these cars take to the track for round four of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, the formalities will take place here at Long Beach. Tony Laporta... We'll be taking you through that for those of you listening here on the PA. Pat Long, Jeremy Shaw, myself, John Hindorf, and Shea Adam will continue for the international audience over on RS2 and RS1 IMSA Radio and the RS1 IMSA Radio channel on that as well today as Michelin post-race tech is next on IMSA Radio. Cadillac and Porsche win on the streets of Long Beach. Bubba Burgers for everybody tonight. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.